Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. All right, Cody, so we are recording this late at night on uh, Tuesday, November 2nd, uh, 2021, I guess November uh, 3rd World Champion you. Braves. World Champion Braves. How about that? So, I mean, I was, you, you kind of ruined my, my, uh, my intro. Sorry, but sorry. No, you're fine. I, I was, I was going to say like, what an uneventful day in sports. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like what an un, uneventful day in Georgia sports and Atlanta sports and the world of Georgia Southern. Just, you know, nothing to talk about. Um, but no, of course there's a ton to talk about. Um, Braves, congrats to them. Uh, Cody and I both, uh, lifelong Braves fans. So, Special moment for us. Uh, I, I personally am still kind of on cloud nine. I can't really uh, put it in words. I, I don't yeah, think it's real. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, it's like dream state. So I think once I wake up tomorrow and I start seeing more things on Facebook and tweets about it and um, once the parade gets going and stuff, then it will like finally hit me. But it honestly hasn't hit me yet. So congrats to the Braves, world champions. Awesome. Great job uh, by Snid and, and everybody. Uh, awesome for Freddie Freeman. So. It's not a baseball podcast. Let's move. Plenty to talk about. <laughs> that that's coming next. Yeah, that's on the that's on the Patreon. Um, oh so, goodness, we could. Yeah, Rodney Hidden, fire. Yeah. No, keep him. Oh no, oh no, not Georgia Southern baseball. Oh. So plenty to talk about. Obviously, in the world of uh, Georgia Southern football, um, which you know, just uh, what twelve hours, fourteen hours ago, wasn't the case, Cody. I mean, we literally texted. Um, this morning being like, Hey, when are we going to record? That's the way this normally happens. You know, that's the uh, funny you know, thing, right? Because, yeah. f- all right. So background in, into how we do things, we usually record Sunday night or Sunday morning or the latest Monday morning. And so, yeah, as Matt was about to get to the topic was going to be, who do we want as head coach? That was it. I mean, we're not going to talk about Georgia state, right? I mean, we might spend a little bit of time on it, maybe preview coastal Carolina a little bit. Um, but yeah, the bulk of the show, because like the, the season's a wash at this point, right? Everybody knows it. Um, bowl game. Well, I guess mathematically still in the equation, like it's, it's, it's out. Right. And, and so, I mean, we, yeah, we were just going to uh, kind of talk, uh, expand on, uh, last week of, of me talking about the three coaches I didn't want and start talking about some candidates that we did want in spoiler alert. Um, none of those were Clay Helton. <laughs> I don't think, uh, <laughs> Because, I mean, no. th- this, this did come out of left field, and that don't read between the lines. That's not us saying that we aren't excited about this hire. But if we had had that episode, um, you know, in, in a different world, I, I don't think, um, you know, if, if you and I, Cody, chose our, our top three guys that we wanted to look at, Clay Helton's name wouldn't have come up, um, either from, like, we didn't think it was in the realm of possibility. I think um, more or, so that. Right? Yeah, yeah, right? So, that. yeah. So, um, but anyway... It, it happened. So, so, so it, it, it happened really quickly, right? We, we hear the rumor mill. We're texting back and forth. Is this, you know, of course, Jared Banco had his big speech um, after Lunsford was fired saying any names that are leaked, uh, you know, leaked that I would uh, um, interpret that as the, the coach isn't interested. Right. And, and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily from the media. People were reading into it different ways. Right. But that wasn't necessarily from the media. That was more so from like the coach itself. Right. I mean, it's, you throw it out there, yeah, you put so, your agent, the agent puts it out there in, in the Twitterverse, and then, you know, it, it goes. And it was yeah, a way so. not to use this as a negotiation tactic to bump up your salary at your, at your job that you're currently at now. Right. 
um, kind of like what you see at uh, was it UTSA, where their mm-hmm. coach just got a huge increase in pay uh, just because he was rumored to go to Texas Tech. Um, right. So that's what I think he was trying to really a, bar- a bartering tactic. Yeah, right. Where, he, yeah. where in Clay Hilton's case, obviously he was jobless at the time, right? I mean, he he you know he was obviously let go um, just before uh, Lunsford was. Um, after just two games into the season, going one and one with USC, um, and and yeah, so I mean, it, it the, the timing of it line up perfectly. Obviously, we don't what well, we don't know at this point, right? As we record this, and we're going to try to get it out as soon as possible. But as we record this on the on the night that um, that he was hired. We haven't had the press conference yet. We haven't heard really officially from Banco other than uh, his official statement and Clay Halton's official and statement tweets, and, the, yeah. and, the, and tweets and the video that was released. Um, but yeah, we don't know anything more than that. So, you know, we don't know when conversations began, when negotiations began, all of this. Uh, more likely, it's been in the works for a while. Uh, you know, it has since. Um, and, and what I was getting to was like the timing of, uh, you know, did, did this have anything to do with Lunsford being fired when he did, you know, was it the bus thing? It, all that probably played into it. Right. But I mean, if, if Banco had contact with Helton or, or, you know, if, if that was just his first call, I don't know, you know, but I mean, it, the, the, the timing of it obviously like lends itself where it lined up pretty well right i mean yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, so like yeah th- so these conversations probably have been in the works for a while was my point um and we're just now hearing about it now as soon as anything was leaked you know from the media it happened pretty quick you start seeing local media and big frank retweeting it and um, josh and josh aubrey and it's like okay well you know pete thamel at, at, at yahoo who broke the lunsford firing news right and all of a sudden it started being like okay this is actually yeah happening. those it went it went zero to them. 60 really quick i mean it went from like oh no there this is just kind of like a um throwing out a name you know no substance to it to like oh this is a done deal you know within a couple hours um, and then obviously it had been in the works for a while cause there's a video already made. There's a voiceover from Clay Helton, yep. um, over that video and official statements already done and the cards made. And yeah, so the, the, this is, the, this has been a done deal probably, um, for at least a couple of days, I would think. Yeah. Um, probably and, just getting the lawyers to officially sign off on it. You know yep. what I mean? Like, yeah. Dot your I's, cross your T's, you know, all that all that lawyer stuff. They're probably just sitting on both sides. You know, I guarantee you the, the ink was probably still wet whenever the uh, the reporter from, I think it's on3.com, broke the news this morning that, that yep. Clay Helton was going to be the new coach. Right. Um, so, I, I you know, I, I think before we kind of get into, I think, our initial impressions of the hire, um, how cool was it? I don't, did you see the teaser video that the school dropped? Yeah, I thought that was cool. I, again, I think it moved. I, I'd be interested, to, and and I don't know if like Josh Aubrey will ask this or you know, but like with the the on three that you said, right? The the because I saw that too, right? The, the the first source that that tweeted it out was that leaked? Like, did they get some kind of inside information? Because it felt again, it felt like it moved really quickly. It so did. like you know, so like I, that that first video of almost like the smoke of the Vatican, right? Where but but it was the lights and it was red 
to yellow which is to blue. Now wants right? me to always go to the stadium at night and watch if they're gonna play with the lights. <laughs> There's a new coach. <laughs> I saw it. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. So so that was interesting. But yeah, I, within like an hour or maybe an hour and a half after that, I feel like they released the video with that clip and the addition of everything else with this, uh, the voiceover of Benko, yeah. the voiceover of Helton and you know, everything was official. So I feel like the teaser, you know, I think their initial, this is just me speculating. I think their initial plan was to send that out hours before, if not even a day before. Um, but I think, I think things got leaked and I think it like that they, they were like, we got to do it. We got to run with it now. I yeah. think their, their initial plan was like to have, release that today and then tomorrow do the official thing and then Thursday or Friday have him for the press conference like yeah, that. I you think know. they're having like the 80 meetings up in Atlanta. Um, some about 80 meetings I think are going on this week. So yeah, cause you know, it, it, you're, you're kind of right there. It seemed like this was a little bit earlier than what they wanted to, not like a week or two earlier, but you know, maybe a day or two, kind of like how you mentioned, maybe it was supposed to be tomorrow or, or whatever, but regardless, um, it's official and, um, no, I'm, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to go cool, and get into cool, mo- cool moment before we get into it? Okay. I just thought about this first time going through a coaching change show, Cody and on, uh, in, in this podcast history. I mean, we, we That's took true. over, you know, we, we started this in 2018. Lunsford was already named coach. Um, we obviously already knew a lot about him, right? I mean, he was the interim. He'd been with us for a while, um, you know, and, and we were ushering in. I think <laughs> I think I just updated our website, yeah. but like on the about us page, like it said, like we're we're you know looking forward to ushering in the Chad Lunsford era, right? And now, now we gotta <laughs> update that to the Clay Helton era, and That's right. so it's it's cool. It's cool that that, that we get to um, get to do this and kind of talk through um, and, and have the conversations that most of our fan base is having right now um, of, uh, of hiring a new coach and, and a big coach and a big name um, and a splash hire. So yeah, just want to get that out there, but let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, so do you want to do like initial reactions? Initial reactions? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. You want me to give like a quick overview of him or you want me, you want to just get into it like with... I just say we just get into it, and I, and I yeah. think his background will eventually. I mean, all of it will, will come out in this episode. Unfold. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Think, go, Cody. All right. So, um, shocked. I think is the first word that comes to mind. Um, not in a negative way, more so um, in a very, very positive way. Uh, to me, this is sort of the I don't want to say dream hire, but this was a out of the box uh, shooting for the stars hire that I didn't think or that we had not seen really any AD um, maybe outside of, of Bucky when he first hired Irk to, to bring back right. the program. I was just about to say. Um, now, we're not obviously comparing him to Irk by no means, but Irk was a defensive coordinator from a national championship team, you know, come down and start our little program, whereas, you know, Clay Helton is a offensive coordinator from a big-time program out at USC, um, relieved of his duties, obviously, but he still knows how to coach. His offense. I was going to make that numbers. argument, yeah, and be and be really careful about it with like the Irk like comparisons, right? But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and like in no way are we saying that, but just from a splash higher standpoint. And neither Cody or I were alive when 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 uh, when Irk Russell was hired as as head coach to start our program, right? 
but obviously we've done our research, you know, I've, we're both well ingrained in the program. We know the history, right? But I'd be interested to go back or to hear from people that, you know, were alive during that time or at the school during that time or players, right? And the buzz kind of around it. Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, no social media, no, a completely different world of how news travels. But this is a big name and a huge hire. I'm not taking anything away from Mark Russell at all. But I mean, yes, he was a defensive coordinator, very successful one. Most people credit him for that 1980 championship. Yep. They're only one at, at the University of Georgia, right? Not taking anything away from him. But I mean, this is a head coach from a power five program. Um, one of the top 10 program, like blue blood programs in the yeah. country, You're if not top like five, top five dream college right. football job is yes. at USC. And you, you know, three-time division champion, 46 and 24 record, uh, conference champion, and um, and a Rose Bowl champion. And I mean that that it, it, so I, I would say it's called Irk is still there, right? He's still number one. But I, I would say after that, we've made that point on this podcast before when we talked about coaches, even before um, the Lunsford uh, firing, is that if you go back and think about it. Like we, we, this is only the second division, the second coach that we've hired that has division one head coaching experience. Yeah. And guess what? The other one is not Eric Russell. The other one, um, which is, you know, and, and, and it's not fair, but which is the reason he's not in the college football hall of fame. Right. Um, um yep. but, but, but the other one is, um, Willie Fritz. Right, Willie Fritz had Division One at FCS level um, at Sam Houston State. No other coach we've ever had has had head coaching experience. So this is, uh, you know, the second one there and the first one from the FBS level, and certainly the first one from the Power Five level. Yep. And it's not like he was a loser there. No. He was forty-six and twenty-four. He you know, five and one last year. His only loss being to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Five and zero oh to start, and then yeah, losing to Oregon, and um, yeah, and we'll obviously get into as you know in a second of what went wrong there, and and and, and all of that, and 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 that's and some and of that's the question fair. marks. Yeah, some, some of the things. question marks because there are there are there's always going to be question marks, but I mean, as as far as a big name goes, I I would say this. This is up there with when and like I said, I'd love to hear from people from from back in the eighties when when um, when Art came down because like obviously that was huge in the Georgia circle and yeah. the, the SEC thing, in the southeast. But was that national news? I don't know. Yeah, this don't know. is national news. The only thing I can compare what Irk Russell that hire had to be like would be like if Kirby Smart before he left Alabama, right? He was their DC for what nearly ten years. Yeah. Um, it would have been like if he would have left Alabama after they won a national championship, and instead of Brian Bohannon starting off Kennesaw State, he's like, you know what, I'm gonna go to Kennesaw, Georgia, and I'm gonna start off Kennesaw yeah. State's football program. Um, that's that's exactly what Irk Russell did. He won the national championship as defense coordinator, and then he came to Statesboro to start up our yeah. program. That's um, a good point. That's a good analogy. And yeah. and so in today's world, that's unheard of. If if Irk was uh, around today and he was you know, the national championship uh, defense coordinator of a national championship team, he wouldn't be looking to start up a program. He would be looking to take over a, a blue blood program like Kirby Smart did and taking over Georgia. 
um, and as several other coordinators have done um, in the last five to 10 years. So I, I, I don't know. I think <laughs> to kind of get back to, to our hire here, I I like the, the ambition that Jared Binko has, and I like the vision because Swing you can, for the fences. You can yeah. see it I mean, not just in yeah. football, but you can see it in all sports. And every hire he has made so far has been a big hire. Basketball, softball, football now. Um, even women's golf, who he had there, is, is, a, is a really good hire there and has got our women's golf team doing incredible things. So, again... He's not afraid to say why think small when we can do big. Yeah, and I this, and I really like that. I really that is such a breath of fresh air because for so long, and Matt, you know this. We've been around since two thousand five. Yeah, it, it has been everything with athletics was. Well, why can't we do this? Well, you just can't. Well, how about this? No, you can't do that. Well, why can't we expand our offense into something better? No, you can't do that. Well, why can't we make the jump to, to FBS? No, you can't do that either. We're not good enough. We're not well, why good aren't enough. we good enough? <laughs> everything, like, like, well, yeah. everything What separates us been, from yeah, no, from no, no, can't, can't, can't. Yeah. And even up through the TK that has been the same mindset. So I, I absolutely love the breath of fresh air that our new president has and Dr. Marrero yeah. and the leadership of Jared Benko for athletics that has said, we're not going to have can't in our vocabulary. It's going to be, we can do this. And if for some reason we fail, now we know the way not to do it. And we're going to look for a different way to do it and to be successful at it. And that is, that is true leadership within the university and within this athletic department. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. And, and the key there is, is, is Jared Banco, and we've said this before, right? I think, again, kind of like the art comparison, right? Up there with Bucky, right? Two different different times, right? Two different generations, yep, um, and different scenarios. But and yes, he's only been here a year and a half, but leaving that kind of legacy already. And and yes, he'll ultimately be judged on this hire. And we're not saying that it's a slam dunk. Nothing's a sure thing. We don't know how it's going to work out, but you know, so far, like you said, he's done everything right and we have no reason to doubt him. We have no reason to doubt him. So, you know, trust in Jared Banco. And frankly, you know, again, we weren't alive when Bucky Wagner was here. Right. So from Cody's uh, Cody and I's perspective, going through the Sam Bakers of the world, going through the TKs of the world, I mean, this is a huge breath of fresh air, um, right? Of of of, of yeah. having. I mean, obviously, we love President Keel and and how invested he was in the football program and at Munkin and going up to FBS. Um, but Jared Banco, he's he's left us no reason to doubt him, and he is a different breed. He just is, right? Yeah. He's he's not yeah. TK. He's not Sam Baker, right? And he wa- he wants to go big. He wants to think big. He wants to think outside of the box. He doesn't want to just like pull apples from the uh, from the PJ tree, right? Or go down the Fritz ladder, oh. right? He, he wants. He's to not think pulling the apples. Big. He's pulling the actual tree. If you believe the rumor. <laughs> well, yeah, and and we can and we can get into that because that that is interesting because that's that's like a huge kind of like one eighty shift, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, with this, I mean, it's it's a left field outside of the box hire. 
And yes, there's already the comparisons of is this Brian Van Gorder 2.0? No. Is this, you know, and no, there there's so many, you know, I remember back in college when he was hired and again, we were FCS program, right? Um even more limited resources than we have now. Um I remember the buzz at least from students, I know you know the the old guard, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is still right. Uh, well, we maybe weren't so happy, but we were part of the student body. We were excited. Yeah, there was a huge buzz. There was a huge buzz. There was you know there is no more option T-shirts. Everybody was about it, right? And this that was a huge thing. We got he was from the Jacksonville Jaguars at that point, right? As their linebackers coach, coach at, at UGA was successful there. Um, that was a huge deal uh, to, to get a coach like that. Yeah. And, of course, it didn't work out. But he, again, was an assistant coach in the NFL, a defensive coordinator at UGA, really had no success much out, outside of that, right? His only other uh, head coaching gig, I believe it was in Division Two, and that was a disaster, right? And, 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 of course, Georgia Southern was a disaster. This is a guy who, again, was 46 and 24 with three division titles, a Rose Bowl championship and a Pac-12 championship. Um, you know, it's it's different. This is not Brian Van Gorder. That is not me saying that this you it's, know is going to be a it's, it's going to be a slam dunk. It, it's roses. Yeah. I'm not saying that this won't be a disaster. It could. It could. But but it's it's not Brian Van Gorder. It's just not. No. And, you know, so so like that talk has to stop and um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think it's, 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 it's a splash. It's, it's just, it's, it's a big name. I think the biggest thing with this that comes biggest benefit is when we got him right. He's starting immediately. No, that doesn't mean he's going to be on the sidelines coaching. This he's is not a taking huge over for Kevin Whitley. This into. is a huge point. Huge so point. like he, he is starting immediately, which you, I don't like, I haven't had the time right with today with work, the Braves, this, I haven't <laughs> had the time to do the research on this, but I saw someone bring it up like, and, and ask a reporter about it and hopefully they get back and they have time to do the research. But, um, I don't know if this has ever happened before, at least at this level where you had a coach get fired and get hired in the same year midseason um you know and probably and, not but the way that yeah. recruiting is now you have to do it you have to do something if you can right like we like i understand like if the other your new coach is off coaching somewhere else you obviously can't bring them until after their season's over with right that's that's how that works but no this is this is interesting he's he's obviously like go from uc or usc um and is now gonna come in and at least go ahead and start the process of recruiting and build his staff as well as be around to monitor and observe practices and mm. probably games as well. Um, I don't know how much observing or how much input he will have at practices. That obviously is going to be uh, unknown probably to us. And, and um, obviously Coach Whitley is still the interim head coach and will probably still make the decisions Obviously, game game time decisions and, and yeah, and I don't think decisions. he'll make decisions, but I think he'll be at pretty much every practice. I think he'll start he'll joining be evaluating meetings. Players. He'll be evaluating players. Like his bit, the biggest draw with this is he gets to evaluate current and future talent. I think right. Here's so my I mean, biggest question with that is, does he have the freedom to go up to Coach Whitley and say, "Hey, I want to see uh, Ransom play the whole game. I need to evaluate him and see how he does an entire game." That's a good point. I was going to say, does he have the free? Like, does he have the right? To, yeah. Does he have does, the does, to, can he say does, that? Does will he do that? Um, because honestly, yeah. as you said, we're we're not 
obviously we're, we're not going to go to the Sun Belt Championship. We're not going to go to a bowl game. Um, win, lose, or draw the rest of the year out, there's, there's nothing really championship or, or hardware to really play for I, at this point. I would like to see him do that. Um, and if, you know, if I was coach Whitley, I would do it. So I, like, I either had a, a job on his staff or just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, like, I mean, what, what do you kind of have to lose? So like, yeah, well, yeah I, I, I think, mean, yeah. I, mean, I, I think that's fair. Lose, if yeah. you're, if you're, if you're the guy here for the next five years, we'll get into that. Right. Um, at least contract wise. So if, if then, yeah, like, and you're evaluating talent, you don't want to just see that guy in practice. You want to see him play in, in, in game action. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that's fair. Now I think that's where it stops. I think it's like maybe quarterback, maybe a couple other like positions or something like, can I see this guy play, you know, get a few more snaps yeah. or, or whatever. Maybe right. Like a wide receiver. I don't, Right. I don't think he's going to be like, here's the new playbook. Implement this. Right. It's not going to be anything yeah. like that. But but yeah, I mean, so it's yeah, I, 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 I could see it because I mean, obviously we're, you know, with this and we'll get in that with this move. I don't want to say the options completely dead, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, we're obviously going a different direction. I mean, that's a, he's not an option coach. No. Right. Um, certainly not a triple option coach, certainly not a flex guy. Um, you know, I'm not saying that like you won't see any of that or like maybe no RPO or anything like that, but I mean, he's, he tends he's to a spread to pro. Create and, the offense that best suits the talent that he has. Yes. Right. He's ran a lot throughout his career. If you followed it, um, obviously, like people were clamoring of like USC, he kind of went more from pro style to air raid. Um, but you know, when he was at Duke and Memphis, like and 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 uh, yeah, I mean, they, they ran different things. So like, um, it's not all air raid, but it's definitely a passing attack. Um, and yeah, I, I think the offensive coordinator hire will be interesting to see where that goes. Yep. There's already rumors, rumors. about that. Um, but it's that that's my hope for it is that that he comes in kind of with a Fritz mentality of like, look, I'm here to be the head coach. I'm here to be the CEO like Benko wants, right? Run the program and then I'll let my coordinators do their thing. Obviously I'll have influence on I that think philosophy. Will, I think he'll have a big handprint on the offense. Um, but yeah, I think I think most everything else he'll let the coaches do what do the what they're paid to do. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, where do we want to go with it? Do we want to go to the offense or do we want to go? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's just go that way. Yeah, just. just All right. Yeah. So, so obviously that's like the big concern, I guess, right, from at least a contingent of our fan base is that, you know, th- with this hire, it kind of marks, look, we're we're making a seismic shift we're making a, a big move away which brings up the bvg comparisons and things like that and even hatcher which was like, well, every time we've done he that. was taking flex bone and going straight to pro style offense under brian yep. van gorder huge difference in what we're going through now which we've already discussed i feel like in every episode since lunch has been fired yeah we that haven't ran the triple option since 2013 even, even big frank confirmed that today in a tweet yes been which a i long love to time. see <laughs> it's been a long yeah. time since we ran the option or triple option so everyone relax and like and and yeah we have no identity on offense right now we just don't um we did under fritz we really haven't since i mean honestly our no. identity under lunsford was shy words 
I mean, it 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 was. No, yeah, it, no, was right. it was. Yeah, it was. It was almost a. It was almost a um, hatcher foster situation, right? Yeah. Like we weren't running the hatch attack for those first couple of years. Like Hatcher knew what he had and, and Jason Foster. And he said, go out there and take the ball and do whatever you want. Like, yeah. you know, that that's what it was. And, and, and that I feel like the more I see of our current quarterback play and things like that, that's kind of the case with us. Like, I think, I mean, we obviously had a huge episode that was like an appreciation um, episode of, of shy words. Right. But I, I think like we might've even undersold it. So yeah. right. Of, of, of how much he actually meant to the program and how much he, I guess hid like yeah. how, how much, you know, right. Like, like, like how, how much he, um, was able to, you know, do that. We, we didn't see how bad things actually were, right? Um, like a ma- like a masquerade, or like how much like he um, was able to cover up a lot of yeah. glaring um, holes and and glaring. Uh, I don't want to say mistakes, but a lot of uh, errors or uh, things that that would obviously be obvious to 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 football people, but maybe not to us. Of just how bad things really were on the offense, yeah, um, like concealer, like yeah, he, he was yeah, able yeah. to cover up scars, cover up some bad, some blemishes and stuff, right? I mean, like that—that's that's that's, that's what, we now we're now making a podcast, <laughs> um, but, but that, that's what Chai Wirtz was able to do, and like it's it's you got some um, Mary Kay to sell to y'all people. Man. I know, and uh, <laughs> get that pink Cadillac, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 true. It's 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 just like that. Um, yeah, I I feel like we kind of like undersell him. Um, from seeing what everything's happened, and I, that's not like taken away necessarily from like Lunsford and what he was able to do, but he did help cover up a lot of that stuff, right? Of of like the um. Of like the competency there, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think you know, um, going away from that, we've said many times on this podcast, right? We're better built to run a more quote unquote modern offense or like a passing attack or RPO than going back to the triple option yep. flex bone offense, right? So the Bohannon, the Brent Davis, the Munkin, or bringing back PJ. Going back to that, like we we're better. We don't have the offensive lineman to run that. We don't have the quarterback to run that. We don't have the wide receivers to block to run that. Um, and you know, it's yeah. So the, like that's we're, we're we're better suited to run something more modern. Now it will be interesting to see what that is under Clay Hilton, right? Is is that? Yeah. I mean, is is that a huge? Because again, we went from like you said, flex bone triple option. Um, under uh, under Seawalk to BVG, whatever he tried to do, and then Hatcher, right? Uh, to to air raid to to like Halmom air raid, uh, yeah. you know, bubble screen type deal. I'm not saying it will be that dramatic. I think that's what people are worried about. Um, and that's obviously there's going to be a huge learning curve there. There's going to be a huge, you know, um, and, and I, I rightly so that concerns people, right? Because our, our fan base is fickle. Um, and they don't give a lot of coaches 
you know, a, a long leash. No. They so don't. if 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 we if we bring him in and he completely just revamps the offense, and it's uh you know a Jeff Collins type situation at Georgia Tech where it's taken a couple years before they start winning again. And they're not even. And now they winning. are winning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like. Are we are we going to be happy with that, right? Or is he going to be fired? Before see, we get no, there, see so. here's the thing. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to be something that drastic, like you see at Tech, right? Because again, he's doing the same thing that Brian Van Gorder tried to do here, um, fifteen sixteen years ago. Um, I think Tech is is obviously a place that can give him a a much longer leash, in the time, to get what he needs um, to be successful. Um, but he still hasn't been able to put all the pieces there yet. Uh, you, I think here, the main thing that you mentioned is that I think we are much closer to that style of offense than what most people think. Um, I think some of the building pieces are there. Uh, he just has to tweak a few things in order to get it. I think uh, we have at least one quarterback that can uh, be plugged in if he stays, and that's Cam Ransom. I think uh, you have a running back core that is well set and uh, may not get the 20, 30 touches that they're used to now, but will have opportunities to when uh, they do get the ball, maybe it's 10 or 12 times, that they should hopefully be able to have huge holes to get big gains, and that can offset and be a counterpoint to the passing attack that we'll see implemented um, down here in Statesboro under uh, Coach Helton. Um the other big thing, two big things I think that he is going to have to seriously start evaluating um, now that he should hopefully be here, or at least be here uh, soon in the next couple of days. Um, big thing in my mind, and Matt, you may disagree. I think we agree as far as the top two, we may have one and two switched. But to me, the biggest thing he needs to go ahead and start evaluating right now is offensive line. Yeah, um, That's number one. For okay, me. number one for me too. So good. We're in agreement with that. Number one thing, offensive line, he has to start evaluating on offense and then go ahead and start either recruiting out of the transfer portal immediately um, or go ahead and start, uh, if he thinks that he has a decent core, to go ahead and really solidify it in, in with high school recruits coming in. Um, second thing, obviously, is wide receivers. I think we yep. have one or two, um, maybe three wide receivers that can possibly be effective, um, but we're going to need more and we're going to need competition at that position group to really, really solidify who wants to be there and who doesn't. Again, if you go back and look at Ken Ransom um, and his completion percentage, it should probably be about 50 points higher because I feel like drops. he's had about a 20 to 30 drops in the few passes that he's had this entire season. Um, and I don't know if that's because he's left-handed and there's just an issue with the way that the spin is in reverse that people it's hard to catch. I think a part of that um, is, yeah. If it's velocity, then get the daggone pitching machine-looking thing out there, crank the thing up to about 5 miles per hour faster than Cam can throw it, and have guys catch it for 20 minutes. And if they can't, then have them run laps or send them over to the defense and have them be defensive backs. I, re- I remember the left-handed argument of Michael Vick, and my dad used to like say, look here, catch the ball because you're spinning differently. <laughs> it's spinning differently, and it's coming at them at a, you know, 100 miles an hour. And I'm like, they're NFL players. They should be able to Yeah, catch exactly. It. This but, is me as like a as like a ten year old. But, but yeah. No, it's the same thing here. It's if if you can't if you can't catch it, then you need to get that I, I don't I think there's an official name for it, but it's a pitching machine thing that shoots the footballs out. We've all seen it. Um yeah. crank it up to about five or ten miles per hour faster than what Cam can throw it. Practice catching at that speed. Obviously, right. 
if you can catch it that fast, you can catch what he's throwing. If you still can't catch it, then maybe defense is where you probably need to be at on the football field. And just I'm not trying to be rude, I'm just being honest. It's um, true. No, you're right. And and so and then go from there. But I think those two big position groups, at least on offense, is what he needs to start really focusing on. Obviously, he will hit quarterback. Um, you know. I hope Cam Ransom stays. I think Cam Ransom is really the only quarterback we have on staff right now that can be anywhere near effective in his offense. Uh, he'll probably go through the uh, transfer portal to see what he can pick up. There have been rumors on at least two quarterbacks that have uh, that people want or have maybe rumored to maybe be on their way to Statesboro. But obviously we're not going to mention that because rumors are rumors. Oh. Well, go ahead if you want to. But, I, I mean, to me it, it doesn't matter. Until they're, I don't have the one kid's name from from LSU. Yeah, from LSU, but um, yeah, and then JT Daniels from Georgia was the other one. <laughs> I but, will not believe yeah. that until I see it. So, 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 quick story there is JT Daniels obviously started the year for Georgia. He got hurt. Um, the other kid took over, and uh, you know he's obviously regarded as one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Um, but he, I guess, has been since his injury been a little bit outplayed, right? Um, he was recruited by Clay Hilton at, at <laughs> USC. He's a California kid, um, and 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 played there before transferring to Georgia. So it it's something that's circulating out there. Again, very little like truth to it. But again, I think that we thought the same is, thing when we saw the burner account on Twitter say that Clay Hilton was going to be the coach. That Clay Hilton. But but my 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 point here was like too is like that now like those rumors that before were kind of pipe dreams. I think there's more substance to them now. No, you're right. Right, you're because right. we have Clay Hilton as our head coach, right? So like before, when you're like, oh, like this guy's not working out at UGA or Clemson, like he can come to George Southern, like no one's believing that. But now that Clay Helton is our head coach, like him or hate him. That's a possibility, yeah, it's, because it's of true. who he yeah. is and and who he knows and what you know, um, the clout that comes with it. So, yep, yep. no, no, I completely agree. Um, so no, that's my take on offense. I will say, and I don't know if this is really uh, where I know everybody's focused on offense, 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 offense. Obviously, offense is what sells tickets. The old adage is offense sells tickets, but defense wins championships, right? I think his his the biggest work he has cut out for him right now is probably defense. Hundred percent, hundred percent. The 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 DC hire, I think, is more important than the OC hire. And I know that's going to be hard for a lot of people to like hear, but like he's an he's an OC guy, right? I mean, he's yeah. been an offensive coordinator at multiple stops. He's um, you know been a QB coach, right? I mean, you're talking about a guy that developed Sam Darnold. Yeah, right? and if you look at some of the knocks, it's been that his teams have been outscored on, right? So. You know, I'm kind of worried about his defensive coordinator hire. Just to be honest, yeah. With the you. the Ro- the Rose Bowl he won was like 52 to 49. Or <laughs> yeah, something, right. Well, that was that great uh, game against Penn State. You had Saquon Barkley, yeah. James Franklin, obviously had just been there. Forget the quarterback's name that they had, but the quarterback at Penn State was actually pretty good. Um, great back and forth game. If you if, if if you watch the game, you don't forget it because it was one of those instant classics. That was a, a great game to watch. It's just a football fan. Um, but no, you're right. It was like a 50 to 40 something game back and forth. Um, no defense is because you look at our defense performance this year. There's so much that has got to be corrected and worked on. Um, it's like, where do you start? Yeah. And I'll say this, and I I made the point on Twitter today is like, this is something that I'm not sure anyone else that had been mentioned, um, previously out there with media or fans or frankly, anybody that we, would have mentioned on this podcast can uh, say this, right? Is that 
Clay Hilton being who he is, he has a ton of connections, right? He's he's been he's been a lot of places. He's got like the you know, five degrees of separation kind of deal, right? Where he's got guys, even though like you know, he's been at Duke, he's been at Houston, Memphis, and then USC for the past Just decade. Look at the head coaches he was under at USC. At, right, exactly. Right. So you got Lane Kiffin, you got Ed Orgeron, um Sarkeesian. you got Sark. Yeah, Sark. So you've got guys that are probably on LSU staff, on Texas's staff, on um right Ole Miss. Uh, on Ole Miss's staff, on FAU staff now, maybe like a holdover, right? Like it, it 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 spans far and wide. Obviously, Western Kentucky, his his brother, his little brother is the head coach there, right? He's got some coaches there under yep. his brother that that coached with him. One of which is being rumored in Brian Ellis as as our uh, offensive coordinator. coordinator possibly um and he, he's a georgia guy and when i say georgia guy i mean byron georgia um not not uga but um you Grew know he up was in the, central georgia um central georgia he was a uh, b yep and, and and quarterbacks coach at usc under clay helton also you know at western kentucky spent some time there um and then uh before going to usc and then headed back to to western kentucky coaching under clay helton's brother um, as their offensive coordinator and now co-offensive coordinator. So, um, again, that is a rumor who might end up being uh, our offensive coordinator and, and Brian Ellis. Um, but, yeah, the, the the point is is that Clay Helton has a ton of connections. And that's not to say that, you know, a Casey Keeler or a Brian Bohannon or certainly like a Jeff Munkin or a PJ or any of those don't, but, like, he probably does have more than than those yeah, guys, he does. right? I would say so. Um, yeah, right. So I mean, just because of like the level that he was at, um, and you know where he's been. So, and here's the like, other thing too, and to me this is big, is that, um, it won't feel like he's just hiring all his best friends to come home, just all have a great time down here in Statesboro. I think he's gonna hire people he thinks are gonna be the best fit, and yes, they may all know each other and they may get along. But it's not like he's just going to be hiring his friends just to hire his friends, you know. Right. And well, that that and that comes with that methodology, right? Because professionalism. Let's just be honest. Call, call what it is. Well, it's it's not just professionalism. I think I think when you're at the Chad Lunsford level, you got to do that, right? I, I don't think it's like good old boys giving good old boys jobs necessarily. I know that's how people want to look at it. I think the, it's literally. I was, was an assistant. He had a he the, had a chance to really change the offense. Now I get it that Doug Roos had a great last you know way that he ended the year in 2020. Everybody liked it, but you had to at least give some due diligence to the offensive coordinator candidacy, and at least test the waters to see who was interested in it. Yeah, I I don't know if I yeah, I I'm like fifty fifty on that because of because of the success he had in fourteen and fifteen and obviously we didn't see that this year but um or haven't seen that this year but with with some other coaches I mean certainly like Summers and like other guys that are coming in where they're just coordinators at other places or assistant coaches they don't have those contacts so you're you're doing a hodgepodge like at any situation it's going to be a hodgepodge like sometimes sure if you hire like a Brian Bohannon could he bring 90% of his staff probably a Casey Keeler probably right but if you're getting any kind of coordinator or an assistant coach from any level they're having to like piece together a staff but being a head coach I think you have more pull to to get 
higher quality coaches and you're not just going to go from that buddy tree like you said yeah. right you're not just going to go like hey well i used to coach with this guy i mean, he's still in my like he you know he's still in my contacts let's send him a text like it's going to be more strategic more thought out like here you know i know like the the rumors about brian ellis like you can we can debate of whether or not like that's going to work out but like he obviously and he and, and clay helton obviously saw something in him when he was at usc like i want this guy yeah like, and this he sent him guy. over to his brother when he yeah. you know when he right. wanted to move up right so so you know i i think there's something there where yeah when you're a Lunsford, you don't really have any other options. Like it literally is just like the guys that are in your buddy network, um, you know, to go get a Vic Cabral, right? Because your buddies with them. Um, and, and that's not discrediting their coaching ability, but like it, you have a shorter, you have a, uh, a, a more shallow pool no, of, no, of, no, of candidates. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's all I had on that. So, um, I mean, with let's see. So we we talked about the offense a little bit. We talked about kind of like initial reactions to the hire. Um, I don't know. I mean, what what are your kind of expectations? I guess for the Clay Helton. So. I think it's hard for expectations right now since we don't know all who his his coaching staff is going to be. Um, but just kind of initial reaction or initial expectations. Um, I he okay. So the way that I looked at it is okay. If I look at Coach Helton compared to the other nine head coaches um, in the Sun Belt and probably you know the the four additional ones that will be coming in at twenty twenty three once when. James Madison eventually gets around to formally declaring that they're going to the Sun Belt. Um, who, how do they match up? How does he match up to the other 13? Um, and I think very, very well, right? Like, you're looking, you know, Billy Napier, maybe you can say maybe would be a better head coach. Obviously, he already has the, the record and, and the history right there. Jamie Chadwell, right, with his recent success at Coastal. Now, j- just to be clear, you're talking about, like, better head coach and not name recognition. Correct, correct, yes, yeah. Name recognition, he's number one, you know, yeah, far and wide. Um, But I think he's, like, top three, no less than top five as far as just actual head coaching in the program or in the conference right now, Um, which is you could not say that, I think, with Chad Lunchford at the helm. Right with with Chad Lunsford, I think you're looking at it and you're thinking, I don't even know if he's top eight. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. Um, I, you know there was, um, how can I put this? Um, a lot of our rivals, you could say, were very very quiet about the news of our head coach, and I think that speaks volumes yeah, know, because they they, they they weren't shoving around saying, "Oh my gosh, I hired him!" Ha ha ha. There's a lot of quietness. Yeah, ben Moore was very, very quiet. He was actually almost defending us. Yeah, I saw a couple of tweets from him, and it was almost like he he like because someone questioned 
about recruiting, you know, because again, the initial reaction from like a, a portion of our fan base that don't understand, right? We're like, oh, he's going from USC, from Southern California yeah. to Statesboro. Like, oh, that's a culture shock. He's from Gainesville, uh, Gainesville, Georgia. Gainesville, Florida. Uh, Florida. Gainesville, Florida. Sorry. Same difference. Gainesville, Florida. No, it's really not. <laughs> been, to, been to both, worked in both. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Gainesville, Florida. Um, which, you know, so like he's a Southeastern guy. And again, before going to USC, he's only been in the Southeast, yes. right? He's only been coaching Duke in the Southeast. He had, he, yeah, he had a Houston stop right from 97 okay. to 99, but yeah, Duke from 95 to 96 and then, um, Houston and then Memphis from 2000 to 2009 as running backs coach, wide receivers coach and offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Um, and then USC since 2010, um, and then obviously head coach um, since uh, since 2015. So it's you know he's yeah I mean he he a decade ago he left you know the southeast um, for the west coast but uh, you know I I think I mean he's 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 a southern guy like I I think he's he's glad to be back in that part of the country I think he knows yeah. that part of the country from a recruiting standpoint. Um, yes, it's been a while, um, but I, I think he'll assemble a staff that that can, you know, re- recruit, recruit that area. Yeah, I'm not that worried about that. I really, I'm really not. Um, you know, I, I know, I know some people were talking about like his recruiting prowess and how like recruiting at USC dropped off, which I don't think really was the case. I mean, I know in 20. 20 um yeah. you know they had a bad recruiting year where they were like 60 something but every other year they've been top 20 yeah. right so i mean you know they, they've been like number four a couple times or number seven yeah, or number, yeah there's a lot of stuff coming out of usc in regards to coach helton um depending on who you're getting your information from coach helton is really oh my gosh he's 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 terrible or you're saying there's a lot of power shifts going on at the University of Southern California and demonizing Coach Helton is a part of those power shifts going on at play right now. Um, I don't think if you look at overall how long he's been there, um, the coaches that he's worked under, I don't really think you can really say that he was all in all a terrible coach or a terrible guy or that he lacked the ability to recruit. Um, I don't think that at all. He obviously was very competitive. You can look at the record. He won big games. You can see the Rose Bowl. He won championship. You see Pac-12 championship. He understands what it takes. Maybe not the consistency that they were used to under Pete Carroll, but for goodness sakes, it was Pete Carroll. Like, Pete Carroll's a really good coach. He won a Super Bowl. You know, he's a top-tier coach. Will probably go in the NFL Hall of Fame. It's hard to, when you're comparing everybody up to Pete Carroll, not too many people at all are ever going to reach to those levels. Um well, when so, you look at USC, and that's one thing I wanted to, to mention, it's like people were talking about like, yes, USC is one of those jobs. It's arguably a top five job, certainly a top 10 job, I would say, in college football. And, you know, it comes with super high expectations. But you look, after you get past Pete Carroll, who was 83 and 18, right, between basically dominated yeah. the 2000s, Right where while we were in high school and then college, um, so t- uh, uh, 2001 to 2009, 
83 and 18. Of course, he has, you know, that they had 14 wins and one loss vacated for, for NCAA penalties. Yep. You know, the, the, the Matt Leinart years, the Reggie Bush, Bush years, years yep. the houses, the Mercedes, the Rolexes. All we all the know it, right? Quote unquote illegal things that were going on. Right. So a lot of, a lot of recruiting, you know, liberties being taken, right? Um, since, since Pete Carroll, they have not been that good. Right, regardless so, I mean, of coach, and you got to regardless of coach, and look at the coaches. Lane Kiffin, right, twenty eight mm-hmm. and fifteen. There, he wins a national championship at Alabama. He, uh, you know, goes on and 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 turns around FAU he and does. makes them makes them dominant. Goes to Ole Miss. Ed Ordron, say what you will. Yes, he got fired earlier this year, but you know he he goes. A lot of people thought they should have hired him. Um, you know, and and he left when and and uh, and um, Clay Hilton took over when he left for the bowl game um, because they weren't going to hire him. He ends up going in sub at LSU. He wins the national championship there, right? Um, and then uh, and yes, yeah, so, I mean like and, and then Sark. Uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, he's 12 and 6. Has there. his own demons um, that he had and, to get through. Um, yeah, had his own demons, had the alcoholism, all that to go through. Um, again, Clay Helton takes over for him as the interim, wins that bowl game, right? And then, um, and then you know, Sark, you know, uh, goes through a couple things. He ends Falcons. up at Alabama. He ends up with the Falcons. He ends up and now a head yeah. coach at Texas. So, I mean, you have... Like, the, 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 like, yes, USC is a great job. Super high expectations. I don't want to say that they're like reaching for the moon take or like overreaching. Account this that yes, USC has always been dominant when it comes to recruiting, especially on the West Coast, right? Because they are the premier brand west of the Mississippi, pretty much outside of Texas. Um, but let's not forget that the end of Pete Carroll reign, um, you see the rise of Oregon. And all the Nike money. You had Chip Kelly that came in. You had, I forget the coach that came in after him. Um, but you kind of see the rise of Oregon, and they start to take prominence on the West Coast. And you see them are kind of, you know, increasing their brand. Washington's Washington a little bit. Where little they bit. had the hire of the Boise State head coach. Um, in fact, I think, what was it, the first or second year of the playoff, Washington was a four seed. Um Yep. So it hasn't been this monopoly of power that USC has been accustomed to. Football on the West Coast has been very diversified as to who has been, I guess you can say, the powers that be or the dominant program on the West Coast. Let's be honest. USC is similar to Georgia Southern in the fact that they haven't been super relevant until 2000. Yeah, <laughs> it's still like the early early 2000s, right? I mean, like like our, you know, like I know we throw around the national championships and people like make fun of us for it and saying that's at the FCS level and last one coming, you know, more than two decades ago, right? I mean, USC the last time they were relevant were in the 2000s, right? So just that next decade, and then after that, they just again under coaches that have had a lot of success elsewhere. For um, one reason or another, you know, just they, they just haven't together. found yeah. it for one reason or other. So like you can say what you will about about Clay Helton, and and they can run him out of town with the pitchforks and all that, but again, he's 46 and 24 there. Um, you know, three division titles, Rose Bowl championship, conference championship. That's way more than what we've seen here um, since being an FBS member, 
right? I mean, even I mean, even uh, um, Fritz, which you know was just here for two years. So I mean, uh, now now you know he, wanna, he won one division get, title. He would have taken us. Yeah, two I want to kind of get back yeah. to your expectations questions because now that I've kind of had a few minutes to think about it, while we kind of gone through all this history here. Remember when Louisiana finally fired their head coach um, after Lunchford beat them? Um, and, you know, they had the famous elbow yep. job or whatever. And they hired Billy Napier um, to come in. That Louisiana team was very, very bad. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I think even the guys from Raging Review would tell you that that was just a very bad team and had been a very bad team for a couple years. Um, Billy Napier comes in and immediately kind of changes the culture there and has a works it together. And the first year he's there, he's a 500 coach, right? I think he went like seven and seven, um, went seven and five, I believe, in a season. Lost the conference championship game to App State, and then loses the bowl game to Tulane that year to finish seven and seven. I think my expectations is probably going to be 500 for him at least in the first year. Here, I think that's I think that's a pretty doable expectation. Um, I think there should be teams that he should probably be be able to beat. Um, just on, he should be just a better coach, and he should be able to have a better assistant pool. And they, we, we should just be a better coach team than probably at least half the teams we go up against, um, at least in his first year. Um, do I think that if Jamie Chadwell is still at Coastal, do I think we compete with them? Probably not yet. App, ah, maybe. Who knows? It's going to be at our place. It's a rival game. Who knows? Um, Georgia State, yes. Troy, who knows what happens with Chip Lindsay at the end of this year, but probably we can compete with them. No. Um, you start to go on the other side. Uh, Louisiana, Louisiana, if Napier's still Napier there, probably there. not. But Arkansas State, yes. Uh, South Alabama kind of depends on how their evolution of their offense goes. Um, with uh, Louisiana Monroe, depends on their evolution on their program. Um, and if Rich Rodriguez goes somewhere else or if he stays there with them. Um, that's a right. big that's, that's a, a big, big yeah, that's a big uh, who am I missing yeah. off of there? South Alabama, uh, uh Arkansas Alabama, State. Yeah. I've already talked to them, Louisiana, ULM. I feel like I'm missing a fifth team there. Texas State. Texas you State. You don't know about Jake Spav at all. There's rumors that he could be on the way out. There's also rumors that Gary Patterson can be in on that side too. You don't know. I don't think Gary Patterson's going out there, but strange things happen. I didn't think no, I didn't think Clay Texas Helton was State. coming here either. Um but I think Texas State next year, we should probably be able to match up with them. I think we play them next year. I don't think the team that we skip. Um, so, figuratively speaking, I think we should match up with at least half the teams that we go up against. And then you look at out of conference, Morgan State, we should beat. We have Nebraska, UAB, and Ball State. I think we should probably be able to compete against Ball State and Morgan State. That's a three and yeah. one out of conference schedule. If well, if not a four, I'm not gonna put UAB and Nebraska in win columns just yet. UAB will be tough. Actually, UAB was going to be my one loss. Not Nebraska was going to be a win. But like, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it, when we yeah, start with four that, out right, of conference where games. That, yeah, that that four. So I would say two start. and two um, would be my expectations. Just here, November second, very high and very positive for the Braves win, and still being very positive off of the the coaching hire. Um, <laughs> I know. Still can't believe uh, that. Two and two, I think, and I think we could probably go. Um, I think three and five would be the worst in conference play. Four and four is more likely. Six and six, maybe we look ourselves back doorway into a to a bowl game. Um, would be, I think, my my expectations going into next season. 
without knowing what recruiting's going to be, not knowing who's going to go in the transfer portal, not knowing he. So Clay Helton only had one losing conference record in his tenure, yeah, one losing at season USC, and that was one losing season. Yeah, same year. So 2018, he was uh, five and seven and four and five in the conference. And if I'm not um, mistaken, every other year he was five and two, seven and two, seven, eight if I'm and not one. Mistaken, yeah. That is the first year they did not have Sam Darnold as their quarterback. Um, and I right. don't think JT Daniels was JT Daniels a freshman that year. Or was he the next year? Because whatever year was, he got injured, right? He always got injured like two, three games into it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, that could probably be a big reason why they finish under 500. If you're five-star, number three quarterback, I think he was like the number three rated quarterback in the nation at that point, um, goes out for the season. Um, obviously, that's going to be a big hit to you. And like a lot of people give him, you know, give him uh, flack for like, oh, well, you're you're only good because Sam Darnold was there, but like he recruited and coached yeah, no, up Sam did. Darnold, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like I mean, so yeah, I, I mean, and, and you saw him make a big turnaround yeah. too as a quarterback, and then end up being a top yep. a, top draft pick. So. Um, so no, I think I think we have a. Um, now going into year two, I think it should be the, the leap year, like you saw out of Louisiana, right? You make the jump, you should probably only lose two, three games max. We should be in the conference championship at this point, and we should be competing for the for the Sun Belt title um, in twenty twenty three. And to be honest with you, um, that's probably Binko's plan. Um, we also don't know how the college playoff format is going to either stay the same or possibly change. Right. So if it does change to the twelve team. Um, format that has been flirted out um, and, and and tempted out there. Uh, if we do, we could also be one of the top six conference championship teams. Um, again, there's a lot of stuff here at play here to where if certain things change. Which by that point with the revamped yeah, Sun Belt, that's, that's, that's an easy right? possibility. I mean, I think that's that's a top. Yeah, the, you're the yeah. top G5 yeah. conference. If you could win that with only one loss, much less if you could yeah. go undefeated in it, yeah, or with one loss, or, or, or yeah, then then yeah, you're in that conversation mm-hmm. for sure. So, again, you know, my if you were looking at expectations, first year five hundred, I'm okay with maybe five and seven, depending on you know if you have like a um, two or three close losses that you can just tell are just growing pains, um, and that you you. I mean, frankly, that's good because we're. I mean, realistically, we're two win team. No, we're, we're not winning, not another, winning game. another game. Um, yeah, I mean, it like we might Texas we State, might get maybe Texas State, or if we don't get Texas State, we might upset Coastal, or we might upset the set like don't even App say B- or, don't or even maybe say BYU. Don't even say BYU. I think we could upset Coastal. I actually do, but but because of the buzz of this, and I think it'd be interesting to see like. If if Clay Elton is there, if he's already met with a team, maybe if he's even on the sidelines, yeah, obviously I like the broadcast crew, he's on the sidelines just because like, I think that would what? be awkward. But he's definitely no. not not coaching, not coaching, but I he could be so. on the sidelines. Just, just no, I think he's probably no. sitting in the president's box, just just watching. Box. Um, and I but I do think that he probably will address the team. I think personally, he probably will address the team beforehand, and just kind of lay the land and just say, hey. You know, this is this you know is what I want. You, you, new head man. This is a guy that studies a yeah. lot of film. 
I mean, this is a guy that like he is and a we'll film probably expect junkie. the team to be film junkies. And, Let's just be honest. Um, yeah. And so I think he's probably going to set the expectations that hey, you know, regardless of if you want to play here for me or if you're wanting to go elsewhere at the end of the season, you're going to have to put good stuff on film in order for anybody to take you seriously. So, you know, he'll probably right. try to coach them up as best as he can and say, hey, look, go out there, play hard, play well, do what your your coaching staff here is telling you to do now, and things will take care of themselves. Um, but, yeah, I think he'll probably be in the box. Him and, and Binko will probably be um, discussing future plans and, and, and discussing how things – he'll want to see how things are changed. Again, the way – to me, the offense to me is not the biggest thing that he has to worry about when he gets here. Is it something to worry about? Is it something he's got to change? Yes, obviously. But defense, defense is what. Well, because he's not going to run. He's not going to run. No, 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 no. And he's actually right he's now, been right? he he has shown history wise. He knows what he's doing on offense. He knows how to put up points. He knows how to get people in space. Well, with the right personnel, I, th- I yeah. think we're but closer I mean, than yeah, what it's, I, we've already alluded to in previous episodes. The transfer portal yeah, is the transfer biggest portal. part of it. And I mean, it, it really we're, is. We're yeah. more uh, in a better position to transfer or to, to, to transfer to evolve into a modernized offense and to go backwards into an, to an option. Yes. Um, yeah, you're going to see guys leave. So and you're don't see a lot get of don't come get in. crazy. Or don't I don't know. <laughs> don't go. Um, oh my goodness! The phrase just went right out my mind. Don't hyperventilate and don't think the world is ending just because one or two guys go to the transfer portal or you see more than one or two guys go to the transfer portal. That's just the nature of the beast of how things are today. But guess what? If we hire Brian Bohannon, same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Wouldn't that would not happen? So maybe more, more, maybe more. You know, because like you have guys like Cam Ransom and stuff that like they're gonna want to play for a guy like. Clay Hilton more right, than so Brian Bohan. I think we have to give our audience, since we've already told them that the initial bro- uh, podcast was supposed to be who we wanted to see as head coach, mm-hmm. do we tell them who we thought or who we wanted oh, to be head coach? I wasn't prepared for this, but yeah. I can, or, I can or do let, we kind of yeah, keep no, that no, in no, our no, back I, pocket I mean, and just say, that. nope? I mean, well, now you <laughs> teased it, so I'm not editing it out because I don't have the time for that. Um, like now we got to do it. Um, I I will say this. Um, Nick Burgess wrote a great article. Um, his first one that he wrote in forever on Drew Chronic, which is the head head coach at Mercer. Um, I'm a big fan of what he is doing at Mercer. I have followed them a lot. Um, this year, I think what he's doing is great. And if Binko would have hired him, I'd have been over the moon ecstatic by it. Um, does not mean he can't be the head coach here in the future. I just don't think he probably has enough of a history or, or or pedigree probably to be taken seriously at this moment, obviously, from I guess from who we hired. Um, but I would not be surprised if he is not a head coach at this level soon. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I second that. Um, both of us were big on, uh, on chronic. Think of all the Dr. Um, Dre references yeah, I, I we could have had for- on this podcast. I know. I know. I think, I think, I think for him, um, that, yeah, the biggest thing was just time. I think it was like a year too early. Right. I mean, if, if he makes Mercer into a winner, if they get into the playoffs, that they can make some noise, I think he's going to start getting a lot of attention. 
um, from, uh, yeah. from FVS schools. But unfortunately, it was a little, it was too small of a sample size um, to go that route. And yeah, I mean, God forbid if we did and that Ooh. didn't work out, I mean, people would, yeah. But, but the same thing here, right? I mean, the same thing here is going to be like, oh, well, you went after the big name and you paid him this well, here's money. Here's the thing about going after the, the big, big staff he can't, and like it didn't work out. He loses more by failing than we do. We can always go out and hire a new coach. If he fails here, he's not going to probably have a big time football head coach ever again. So no, yeah, this this is his. Yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah, like right. So this so, is, I mean, this yeah. is his stand to say it is. And and if anyone thinks, I mean, we so we no. haven't even addressed the contract. So the contract details are Some out. At, at least what's being reported is five years, four million. Right, so five years, four million, so roughly eight hundred thousand a year, um, which is you know a, a roughly a hundred thousand more than uh, Lunsford was getting at least in twenty twenty. He was making around seven hundred, um, so right in line there with with the rest outside of the Sun of Napier. Belt, um, you know, up upper outside of Napier, which is two million. Right, he's the outlier, but I mean, you've got uh, Chadwell at a million. You've got. Um, App State's coach and Georgia State's coach, right? The two Clarks making no two making, uh, like seven fifty to eight hundred or two Sean Sean's, yeah, Sean Clark and Sean Ellie. <laughs> You're right. Um, uh, <laughs> seven fifty to eight hundred is very late. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so, so doing that, so like he's right there, right? So eight hundred's right there. Now we don't know. Again, we're recording this Tuesday when he was hired. We don't know the details the of. Um, the, the buyout on his end or our end, we don't know the, um, details of incentives, right? I mean, normally it's not, there's, I'm sure there's incentives, but normally there is not like 800 a year, right? So like everyone's doing the math of like, oh, it's 4 million over five years. Okay. That's 800 a year. Well, not necessarily. Like normally, it's staggered. It either starts low and builds, or start high and like you know fluctuates. Like it's it's just different. So like he's probably not getting like a standard like eight hundred every year, but that's just yeah. the easiest and, way to. And probably put it. there so, are probably certain incentives to where if he wins a bowl game, or if he wins a Sun Belt championship, or if he gets here or whatever. I'm sure if he does a lot of big things and, and brings a lot of success here, his salary for that particular year will probably get over the million-dollar range based on bonuses and stuff like that. I would think so, so yes. Yeah, I would think so. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I think what we wanted to hit with that was that guess, whatever— Well, do you want me to say—do uh, you want me to say, like, my, my coach? Oh, yeah, if you want to say your like coach. The, the yeah, go ahead. that we were going to— so, so I was I was gonna do Drew Chronic, uh, uh, but um, Jeff Grimes is is the guy that I was high on. Um, offensive current offensive coordinator at uh, Baylor, um, former offensive coordinator at BYU, really turned them around. Made Zach Wilson a household name. Um, he runs kind of a run heavy offense like App State. with passing ability. App State simplified like i've seen videos where he says we run eight plays we just run them mm-hmm. a thousand different ways right rpo influence like a lot of you know um so yeah a lot of a lot of things not um predicated at the you know line uh at um you know before the snap so 
he yeah he he was the name I was big on um and yeah I I, I think he'll get probably a, a G five or maybe even P five head coaching opportunity yeah. here pretty soon but um but yeah so that 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 would have been one of mine I guess to tease it I don't think it's worth oh, going no, no, through no, no, like no. three I just want to kind but... of do the top ones because I think just to kind of show I think kind of where we were thinking. And, and and then you know obviously just kind of see how obviously how it ended up now, um, and also to give kind of insight there there was an actual Twitter I would I would call it a burner account um, that came out what was it yesterday or Sunday I can't remember which day it was mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. said you know Clay Helton is probably going to be the coach it will be announced um, and I texted it to Matt and I said do you think this is a possibility and we both were like no. Um, no. so kudos to whoever runs that account. Um, you obviously, <laughs> you know, something. you, you yeah, obviously you are going to know. Um, but, uh, no, I, I am, I am pleasantly surprised with this hire. Again, I will, we will probably revisit this often. Let me ask you a point blank. So, so Jeff Grimes, Chronic, Munkin, any of the three names that I said that I didn't want last week, right? Of Del McGee, Paul Johnson, and um, and Brian Bohannon, right? Throw those in. Throw whoever else name you want in. Yeah, are you happy with Clay Heldon? It's this, this, yeah, this no, he, no, yeah. He he goes go to the top to the, of the list. The top yeah. of that list. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. trying to think. Was there anybody that may come close? If you just look at it from a strict head coaching perspective. Um, Paul Johnson may get there close, but again, we know his views on recruiting. We also know his style of offense. Um, so those are kind of be two big negatives on that aspect of it. Um, also it's rumored that we did ask him to be the comeback. Uh, um, and it also was rumored that we asked before this head coaching search took place. Um, so that's also kind of interesting in my mind um that that we have asked him to to to, at at least at one point either during this coaching search or before the season started that we have asked paul johnson in some manner to come back to coach the football program yes uh so i was trying to find it was uh what's his name the guy that used to be at the ajc now at the athletic um Anyway, he he tweeted it out, and um, yeah, that like way back um, in as early as the spring, mm-hmm. right? That that which which is interesting. Well, I think right? that so, tells I mean, you that, that means lots for still I think coach. that tells you Binko's thought process and perspective. He was never yeah. in on Lunsford, uh, and yeah. that Lunsford was on a short he leash, wasn't. and that he needed to perform. Yeah. Again, I think that gets back to our conversation last week: was that you don't make this move unless you have somebody in mind that is already on your short list to be your head coach. Now, I don't know if Helton was already on a short list, but I think when he became available, it piqued Binkto's interest and was like, okay, maybe we need to go and get this process rolling. Right. Yeah, and it was there Jeff Schultz that I was thinking of. That, that yeah, that used to be the columnist at AJC, so now... Um, but no, the, I, uh, you know, no I don't I think believe, so. so. Um, I think I think Hilton would be would would immediately go to the top of, of that list that you just mentioned of all those of those coaches um, to come in here and try to write the ship. Uh, it's I don't know I this this gets me excited as a fan 
and a year that has not been very exciting as a year that's been disappointing. Right. Um, yeah, it, it, it gives know, us something to talk about. Like I said, I mean, we literally were ta- like texting back and forth of whether or not yeah. we were going to record the podcast, um, uh, you know, tonight because, you know, before that news broke, there just no, wasn't no, a lot we were, to talk we, about. We, I mean, we could keep talking we, we in circles, probably leave, right? But this is the third time this year that we should have beat a team that we lost to, and this was the second time at home that yep. I think we had outgained the opponent. Poor clock, poor yeah, clock poor management. Clock management. We had outgained the opponent by nearly 100 yards and somehow lost the football game. Like, we outgained Louisiana by 100 yards, should have beat them, lost it by eight. Outgained Georgia State, I think, by almost 100 yards as well on this one and lost the game. Um, but when you blow four opportunities in the red zone, either by turnover on downs or by interceptions, you're not going to win the football game. I do, I know that we weren't going to talk about this game. And I think this is going to be the end of it because I'm still mad as fire about that football game. Yeah, I want to give right. a shout out to two players who unfortunately went out injured in that game because they play their butts off and they need recognition for the for their abilities and their efforts. One being CJ Wright. Um, he unfortunately went down with a yeah. knee injury. I did not hear results. Obviously, I have well, not heard the, any yeah, results. I, I think heard they the were supposed to do that, some yeah. sort of either MRI or something either yesterday or today. Obviously, with the other news, I did not see or hear anything like that. Second player that I want to give. I'm hoping that's good news because you yeah. honestly, if it's bad news, you probably would have heard yeah, that. But like, they did already go ahead and season, say that he was but... not going to play or probably would not play yeah. um, against Coastal. Right. Second player, again, who's probably not going to play and who went down injured and thankfully he is doing better is Tyler Bride because that young man played his butt off in that game yeah, and yeah. played darn well up until he was injured. And I was actually already, regardless of how the game was going to go, um, wanted to give a, a kudos shout-out to him because I thought this was kind of like his standout game to where he kind of solidified himself is that he should at least be on the two deep going forward um, and still should be because he really stepped it up in that game yesterday. Um, and I just thought that he needed to be recognized for his play uh, and that, I the the one play that that made me just really just was like this kid is in it was uh the screenplay that Georgia State did in which they brought a right tackle out to um next to the two wide receivers. I think Tyler Bride was the only guy out there. He broke through the right tackle and a wide receiver trying to block him and still tackled the guy as he caught the ball to where he had no gain. I think he may have even lost a yard on the play. Um and then it was a few plays later in which he got injured. Kid showed effort throughout the entire game. Loved it. Hopefully he can recover and be back on the field at least by next year. But kudos to him. Um, kudos to Amari Jones, too. Have no idea why they cannot get him the ball more. He's flipping fantastic with the ball. Please, for the love of God, offense, get him the daggum ball. Yeah. It was so, anyways, all right, that's my, that's my spill on that unfortunate loss of a game. Yeah. And then obviously with Coastal coming up, like we said, I mean, I, I do think there's potential to get an upset there. Um, it will be interesting to see, like, yeah, with this buzz, like, if there's any more fire out of the team, you know, which, you know, I think arguably with uh, with the Georgia State loss, like, you'd like to see a little bit more. Um, you know, they, they didn't seem completely motivated. Obviously, the whole rivalry thing, right? We, we talked about that and downplaying that. 
Um, I don't think that's a question now, or if it is a question, it's certainly no, not. I don't, I don't know if, if Shelton is ever going to listen to our podcast or specifically this one, but if you make it to the hour and 19 minute mark, um, Georgia State is a rival, App State is a rival. Please, for the love of God, beat, yeah, treat beat it that the way. tar. Treat it that way. Beat them. For the love of God. <laughs> beat them. Beat them. Yeah. Like, it, it is, because it, it's embarrassing now. I mean, it, it's gotten to the point where it's just like, it's we, we really have no, no leg to stand No, on. we like, don't. We just don't. We've wasted, you know? it. We've like, wasted an opportunity yeah. to keep them. And uh, You can say whatever you want about the fan base, about their stadium, about the attendance numbers. Like, they own us. They own us. They do right now, and it's sad. It's sad well, to admit since, that that's the truth. And I'm going to apply. So. Is it Sean Elliott or is it Sean Clark? I think it's Sean Elliott. I can't. Ever Sean since Elliott. he's gotten Sean there, Elliott. he has changed the mindset of that program. He just has because prior to that, they, they, they had a loser mindset. And let's just be real. They did. Um, yeah. And nobody thought twice about them. They just was just a terrible program. And, and again, yes, I know it's new, but I'm just being honest. It just it just was. Um, Georgia State, to their credit, has given him a very, very long leash. They have let him work and, and do what he thought was needed to build that program into something competitive, and it is working. It is working. Um, I don't think that that means that they're going to be these Sun Belt champions anytime soon, but they are a competitive football team that you have to take seriously year in and year out. If they don't, they will beat you. Um, so that's my rant on it. Um, Coach Helton, please treat that as you will um but for all that is holy please just beat that team from atlanta we gotta get coach Elton on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> we do we gotta he's always on. welcome uh, any coach is always welcome on this podcast we've always said that that any coach yeah, is always welcome on yeah. this podcast um we know that sometimes coaches think that podcasters or sports people don't know what they're talking about and we will be the first to admit that we don't know what we're talking about um, so if you ever want to come on yeah. and, and try to articulate something better or that you want to get something, oh, yeah. you know, that we come across as wrong on or that we don't see, we'll be more than happy to have you on the podcast um, because we will be the first to admit that you are obviously the first football experts and that we will not have as much football knowledge as you are. But at the same time, we're not going to yeah. be afraid to criticize you or say what we think, when we, <laughs> regardless, good or bad, yeah. we're going to say what sure. we feel Yep. And that's just the nature of the beast. And again, you and he hey, he's is. used yeah. to that, no, right? Is. I mean, that, that's the, that's that's the thing is like, right? I mean, not not that like Lunsford wasn't like he kind of knew what he was getting into, I, I suppose, right? I mean, our our fame base hasn't changed course. They've always had those high expectations, no matter what level, no matter what recruiting status we're at. Like that's 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 what it's been. But I mean, you know the. <laughs> The joke is like, oh, like uh, Coach Halton is is in a better situation now because the pressure is not as much. No, the pressure. The pressure's still there. Sorry, Coach. You know, sorry, the pressure's coach, but there. But you're not getting. Yeah, <laughs> like hate to hate to break it to you, but the pressure's there now. There it's be, it's there the, may be the, more the pressure here. The paycheck. Be, the, there's already fans wanting be. to run for, out of town. Well, for Captain Clack, buddy, I know. <laughs> you're there, on the podcast again. I know, <laughs> there, right? There's 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 higher expectations for you know l- less resources, smaller paycheck, 
<laughs> right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that go into it. Like, yes, when you go to USC, the expectation is that you win yeah. national championships year in and year out. And again, that hasn't happened since B. Carroll, um, you know, with, with, with coaches that are now at, at very, very high profile jobs, um, you know, in blue blood programs, but, um, yeah, it, it's just uh, here <laughs> we have similar expectations, but, um, you know, you know you're going to be making a tenth <laughs> of what you made. And, and I'll be and, honest uh, with you, the fans here are going to have him on a very, very short lease. And if and, and what I just said, is. that if we go 500 next year, there are going to be some fans that are going to say that's not good enough. And that he... Yeah, and let's, get, let, let's get rid of him immediately, and which, which mm. is... My thing is again goes back to the beginning. Trust yep. Jared Banco. Trust him. Um, you know this isn't about trusting Clay Helton. This is about trusting Jared Banco. And again, he has done nothing to this point to allow any of us to believe where we shouldn't trust him, right? Um, so I'm not saying that he can't miss. He can miss hard with this, and everybody knows like. As an AD, especially an AD at Georgia Southern, but an AD at most schools with a football program, you're judged by football coach hires, head coaching hires, right? So it's not going to be Brian Berg. It's not going to be the women's golf coach. It's not going to be any, you know, anything like that. He's ultimately going to be judged by this hire. Yeah. And he knows that. So if, 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 if he's confident that this is the guy, then I'm confident yep. this is the yeah. guy, right? And, and until I'm proven otherwise, there's no reason to write it off or you know bring out the pitchforks already, because like he his he he's done everything he's he could do in in a year and a half and before he got here with the hires he's made um, at Mississippi State and other stops, like he's he's proven that he can make these big hires and this is a huge hire arguably one of the biggest if not the biggest hire that we've ever had could work out could crash and burn let's give it a chance let's give Benko a chance let's give coach Helton a chance highway to help yep. right yeah. no all right yeah we, no I am good, all on I am all on the bus on the highway to Helton, buddy. I a school bus, yellow school bus, Greyhound bus. It don't matter. Let's go. Um, no, I, look, I couldn't articulate what you just said any better. I think this is this is a, a binko hire. I think he's done his homework. I think he has done everything that we have asked an AD to do with this. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, if if it fails. Well, we can just go out and hire a new coach and just try again in a couple of years. For him, if it fails, probably not going to see any big time football, you know, head coaching offers anytime any soon. Yeah, yeah you know, offensive coordinator job, but maybe. that's it. He may even have to take a, a very, you know, uh, mid tier G five school to to work his way back up. I was gonna say G G G five OC job or yeah. maybe P five uh, yeah. quarterback so, quarterback job. Again, he'll be kind of starting on the bottom and working his way back up. So again, you know, he, he has a lot on the line here, and more so than we do, and more so than what Jared Benko does. Um, and look, 
I think I probably wanted to say this earlier in the podcast, but the point is very relevant in that in three years, good or bad, he will not be the head coach here in Statesboro, Georgia. If he is, I'll be Correct. shocked. Yeah, it's a bad thing because if if he's here in three years, especially four years, but but definitely three, it means that it's not working out in our favor. Um, I mean, because like it, either no that or we're rolling in playoff I mean, we, money. We are, <laughs> or we're rolling in playoff <laughs> money. Yeah, I mean, I, heck, I mean, Banco just set uh, fundraising uh, totals, right? Records. And look, Louisiana's uh, $6 paying, paying Napier the two million dollars. I don't know if, if Louisiana would have thought they would have been paying yeah. a head coach two million dollars five, six, seven That's years true. ago. It's a good point. Um, again. So if, if we if we win immediately and it would take immediately, and obviously we we haven't we don't have a a huge donor base we don't you know but historically but if if we start winning, winning soon, I think money could roll in and maybe yeah. we retain them for longer. But but yeah, the the hope, honestly, is that he's gone in in three to four years. Because he's been mm-hmm. very successful here. Look, there's already his hometown school and, is already yeah. wanting to run out Dan Mullen. So don't think if 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 he right. is successful, he's from Gate. Yeah, yeah if, he's, if he's successful here, don't think that <laughs> yeah. that school down there that we beat without throwing a passing, I'm be calling his phone number. Right, and then we just take Dan <laughs> <No>. Mullen. <laughs> no, but <laughs> we swap swapsies, um, but. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I I I think if if it, it, you know you're kidding yourself if you think like no, he's not a lifer. He's not going to be here for for a ton of years. Um, you know, like best case scenario, it is a Billy Napier situation. It works out. We can pony up, give him a big contract, keep him happy, do a Jamie Chadwell situation, right? To where we get um, more money and. Yeah, which which obviously like this this I don't know what Napier's starting salary was like. Obviously, Ch- Chad Wells was in like the three fifties, like FCS kind of level, right? And then um, and then they pony up and and was able to to get him to a million. Napier, I would think, was probably around like what Clay or Lunsford was. And then yeah. Now is two million. Um, it could be a situation like that. But like this, you know, he's not a lifer. Like it's just not. Like I mean, and and that's that's what people have to realize. Like this is a leaping pad job. Like it it just it just is. It should be. And and like and and that's that's the intent. So like keeping him here for three to four years would be huge. That means that probably things went right in our favor. He's at a bigger place, making a lot more money, making closer to what he was mm-hmm. making at USC, right? And and but then now, guess what? We're Sun Belt yeah. champions. We're you know top twenty five program. We're in that conversation, and and with this, we're running an offense that's attractive. Yep. That can you know can uh, attract top recruits. Can yeah. be the top recruiting class You're in the Sun Belt right. year in and year out. And and we can just get the next man up and yep. keep moving um, along. You just mentioned a leaping pad job. I was just thinking here, outside of Irk Russell, if you look at probably the three most successful head coaches that we had um, with Paul Johnson, Jeff Munkin, and Willie Fritz, 
that's pretty much how they treated it. They all had a, they all went off to bigger and better things. You had Johnson, obviously the Navy, Monk into Army, and then Fritz off to Tulane with a bigger paycheck. So again, you know, yes, we love to have a fantastic coach here for 10, 15, 20 years and have them win a whole bunch of stuff, of course. But that's just not the reality that we live in right now. So let's have him come in, do what he's been brought in here to do, which is to revamp, modernize this offense, to set us up for many, many winning seasons and many, many championships. He's here to not only win instantly or win within two to three seasons, but he's here to build the foundation for better things for whoever comes after him and whoever comes after that coach. So this right. is this is a huge hire in, yep. in a lot of different ways. And again, Binko's really taking a, a, a risk here. It's any risk, to be honest with you, but he's taking a real risk on this one. Um, but as I said, I don't think he could have done any better. No. Yeah. I think right right now it's knocking out of the park. We just have to yep. see it come to fruition, right? So, yeah, with that, Cody, I guess I, th- I think we covered everything. Obviously, we'll talk a lot more about this hire. Um, you know, obviously, uh, next time we record, the press conference will be out. We'll, you know, <clears throat> analyze that of, of what's said from, from Benko and from Helton. Um, we'll have just more info together, you know, maybe more details on the contract, um, the buyout, uh, just other names that were considered other than just Helton and, yep. and Paul Johnson, right? I'm sure there were others. Um, so that will probably be leaked. So plenty more to talk about here in the next couple of weeks. And, and yeah, like you said earlier, I, I think, you know, we, we needed this, we needed, um, not just, not just this as the name, but just, just the news that, you know, we're making progress, uh, of the future right after, after what's been a, a really difficult season, but, but brighter days are ahead. Uh, you know, I truly believe that. And yeah, highway to Halton and Hale Southern. Hale Southern. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Thank <laughs> you.